I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome back to the Parts Unknown podcast. I'm Ben Green and in the studio with me today is the swiped meat swaby face. It's John Ross. Thank you. I think that's the first time in this podcast you've actually pronounced my surname correctly. Well, you are the future of this business and uh, the, the past, the history of this business, uh, the legacy character, the part-timer. John Ashdown, he's, uh, he's been doing a charity bike ride this week, so he has ring rust, i.e. saddle sore. So he's not with us today, but uh, we wish him well. He's been doing a charity ride for a good cause. But nevertheless, John Ross and I are here. We're going to take you through Backlash and all the other bits and pieces that's been going on in the WWE uh, since we last spoke to you. Um, we might even talk about a bit of NXT, I think. I think we are, because I'm going to start, I'm going to kick us off with a tweet Jacques Croupier uh, he texted and he said are you going to talk about NXT and Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne and oh hell yeah we are because uh, that was uh, one of the greatest matches I've ever seen not just this year uh, ever it was absolutely phenomenal an absolute show stealing moment like I said one of the best things I've ever seen absolutely agree do we know what Meltzer gave it actually Uh, I believe he gave it four stars that's what I was uh, hearing this morning as I was as I was walking in Um, so yeah let's let's kick off with that so I uh, I was in Blackpool with John uh, where this podcast began all those many moons ago and uh, to see the UK championship and that's where caught my first glimpse of Tyler and and Pete Dunne and they were the two undoubted megastars from that that event Tyler won of course and he's been the champion since then but but Pete Dunne was kind of booked the most strongly I'd say he had the storyline he was put over as the bruiserweight now uh, these guys have been doing their stuff on the indies for a long time they work together a lot they are phenomenal but given the chance to perform in front of 20,000 people on an NXT event they came together Tyler's got a slightly different look now so he's kind of less the rugged isn't he yeah he's less sort of comical circus strongman 20s 30s throwback and he's now slightly more hipstery a bit more beardy the moustache is gone his, his hair is no longer slicked back he's got a tattoo now so he's he's going along uh, that route uh, Pete Dunne's still got that really horrible tattoo on his knee uh, which must be incredibly painful I haven't got you've got ink John but you've got oh, them in nice fleshy parts um, <laughs> doing it on the knee uh, I'm not so sure about but I wonder is he being repackaged you know taking away from the uh, the moustache and the old style strongman perhaps uh, to take him away from being too similar to Jack Gallagher well, for example exactly what I was going to say and, and, and perhaps even the Vaud villains before them yeah it does very much seem like they're turning him more into this. I don't know if whether they're going to go the hipster route or they're going to go the sort of more typical bad boy route I suppose you could call it I don't know like maybe we'll see him coming in on a motorbike and leather jacket sometime in the future who knows but it definitely seems like they're trying to take Tyler Bate away from that yeah like you say almost comical look to him Pete Dunne remains the same Um, still got a very punchable face Pete Dunne I have to say like he's he's got a heel face He's he certainly does. And Not that I condone punching Pete Dunne because it's probably a bad idea. No, um, but like I say, these two have worked together a long time, do a lot in progress together in particular. Um, they're both vegans. 
I've discovered. And uh, the most incredible thing is that they are 20 and 23, respectively. Pete Dunne, the elder statesman here, but man, can they work together. Started off on the mat. A very different start to anything else we've seen on WWE for, for a long time. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was very much the sort of uh, British catch wrestling. But you didn't expect this going into a... Uh, well, not main roster, but it, but a sort of main brand WWE NXT um, pay per view. So it's really nice that they got to wrestle that kind of style, and and the crowds uh, in Chicago were, were really receptive of it as well. I have to say. So from from this very technical mat mat start, they then do a bit of joint manipulation, which I don't think I've ever heard on WWE programming before. And they certainly in the Nakamura match in the Backlash proper. Is it Backlash or Payback? I forget. Backwash. Slapdash. Um, there, there was certainly a bit of joint manipulation from Ziggler in that. But again, this is just stuff I haven't seen and it took me back to you know my big daddy days watching with my dad. But then they mix it up with these release suplexes on the apron. Amazing feats of strength by Tyler Bate to lift Pete Dunn out of this triangle and the, the reversals, comparing it to poor old Undertaker versus Roman Reigns at <laughs> WrestleMania. Uh, you know, these guys are half the age of Undertaker, half, but they yeah. got it absolutely spot on. Speaking of their, their ages, uh, Nigel McGuinness, who's one of the commentators on the match, he, um, he says that both guys have been wrestling for over a decade. Yeah. So that means that Tyler Bate has been wrestling since he was, what, nine years old, eight years old, something like that? Yeah, I'm not sure who he was wrestling against as a nine-year-old, but, but nevertheless, you know, he's, he's plenty experienced. I mean, there were, there were at least two moments in this match where I got out of my seat. And I couldn't believe what I was seeing, and I thought, that's the finish right there. And they kept going. They kept going. What was one of them the... Uh I think uh, Tyler Bate went for his uh, manoeuvre and um, Dunn reversed it into a DDT. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that I, I made a noise. That made me make a, no- made a, make a noise. It looked really vicious. Yeah. The other was the corkscrew 450, which was uh, sensational. The punches were very different to normal WWE style as well. You know, um, when you see sort of Kevin Owens in particular, when he goes up against Sami Zayn and they just sort of both put their heads down and both sort of go in over the top, boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. These guys do it very differently. And it's really interesting to, to see that. And another thing they did differently was uh, there's a lot of talk about strong style and British strong style. Yeah. They absolutely yeah. kicked the shit out of each other mm-hmm. in this one. They were incredibly stiff. Um, some really, really big chops. And you could see sort of, you know, redness uh, on both of them. They even did a bit of comedy in the middle with the, the aeroplane spin. Uh, now, this is a move that John doesn't like. It was something that I really loved from... I'm not a fan either, I have to say. Well, uh, let me... Let Go me on, d- defend so, it. Sell it to me. So, again, I'm, I'm a, a newcomer to both of these guys, but I saw in Blackpool, uh, Tyler does, does the lift, does the aeroplane spin, and then he, he slows down and then goes into a crouch position with the guy still on top of him, and then he goes back up again. And spins around again. So he's doing like a lift as well as well, the spin. Kind of a squat. And yeah. Then, yeah. And he didn't do it this time. And I think that it was probably all the better for it because that is a bit of a comic moment. Um, but he went faster than I've seen anyone do it, um, an aeroplane spin. And, you know, I, I, I have wondered in the past how uh, Cesaro, for example, manages to keep his balance and, you know, see straight after doing it. Uh, it was nice to see Tyler... <laughs> have to have to go for the ropes after this one, and and you know he he was giddy. What well, so? Tell me, what, tell me why you don't like the airplane spin? I just well, it's exactly that. Like it's you know it's it's detrimental to to the attacker and and the person receiving it, and it's not really 
it's not really an offensive move. It's kind of just like make, like making your opponent a bit like oh before you actually hit them with something. So I I don't know. I'm not I'm not a fan. I like I like to see impact with my moves. I don't like moves that just make your opponent dizzy. And what did you think of the uh, commentary? Of course, we had Jim Ross come down and, and call this, and he's doing uh, the UK show, whatever that might be, whether that eventually becomes a weekly thing or it's special pay, um, special pay-per-views or whether they're attractions within an NXT or WWE event. Um, it, was, it was nice to see him. Definitely. Always good to see my namesake. And I liked when the crowd were chanting his name. I think I'm going to make that my new ringtone when they were chanting JR. I, I, I listened to JR's podcast on my, my way in this morning and a really nice little uh, tidbit I took from that was that he uh, he said he went over to uh, Pete and Tyler before before the event in catering and they were sitting on opposite sides of the room and he came over to them and he, he called them together and just had a, a little chat with them and he said, you know, guys, this is the, the biggest match of your career. There are people who've been wrestling for 20 years who, who won't have this opportunity or still haven't had it. Uh, it's the biggest match of your life. But it's also the biggest match of my life. It's the biggest match of my career because I'm back and this is my first one. So I thought that was really nice. That was mm, really, that was really, nice. really nice of him. And, you know, certainly he delivered. He, he generally does. Um, and they absolutely knocked it out of the park. Absolutely. I have to say the match made, made me feel very proud to be British, I have to say, because they were wrestling a British style. The crowd were chanting, UK, UK, UK. And, it, you know, it was easily the, the best match on, on the card. And this is a takeover card. Takeovers are generally, you know, of a pretty high um, standard. Yeah. So, um, yeah, very, very proud to be from, from this small island, I have to say. I'll just say just the final, final word on this. A uh, really nice uh, picture I saw on Twitter yesterday from Pete Dunne uh, where he's posing with Neville. Um, so I guess Neville Neville looks like he's probably got about 10 years on him, just judging by this picture, because it's Pete Dunne as probably a 10 or 11-year-old next to him. And he's, he's very sweet. Very sweet to see him there. Anyway, well done, chaps. Um, moving on, let, let's, let's finish this uh, NXT card. So it, it, it kicked off with Sanity, who are... Everything that the Wyatts should have been uh, and and won't won't ever be. Take take us through uh, sanity and what right. you think so of these got, guys. Right, um, so we've got Eric Young, who I suppose I guess is kind of the lead the leader. I don't really know who's the leader. I suppose he's the leader. He normally walks out in the middle when they come out together. Um, we've got uh, Killian Dame, formerly known as Big Damo, the Beast of Belfast. Um, not not coming out in this match, but also part of sanity. We've got Nikki Cross. She's in action a bit later on, and. And then we've got Alexander Wolfe, who, to be honest, I kind of always he's forget. He's the most he's just, forgettable yeah, of, the, of yeah, the four of them. Yeah, you know, he's, of, he's the Eric Rowan. Yeah, exactly <laughs> of the of the Sanity family. But yeah, the um, Killian, the Beast of Belfast, uh, reminded me a bit of Earthquake. I think he's, he's you know he's a big chubber. He did a fantastic uh, dive on, yeah, on the he outside. Can, he can move for a big guy, absolutely. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But um, you said Earthquake. I'm, I also. Th- I see a little bit of Bam Bam Bigelow as well there myself. So. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so the, these guys were taking on Roderick Strong. So this is, you know, for for the smarky crowd, this is um, uh, TNA versus Ring of Honor. There. Now, Roderick Isn't Strong it? is someone I've heard about and not, not seen an awful lot from um, before, but he was, uh, he was fantastic. And he's, I think, is going to be an NXT champ in the, in the way that most of these top guys get a bit of a run and then get brought up uh, I can't see Young holding the belt but yeah Roderick Strong is good I mean he's good he's good in the ring I mean I, I don't I haven't seen too much of Roderick Strong myself he's good in the ring but I feel that there is a danger of him becoming a bit of a bland baby face a la Apollo Crews or, or whatever but um, you know 
let, hopefully it doesn't turn out the way and we'll see how it goes uh, there's a lot of um a lot of strong style in this as well and this kicked things off uh, so, you know maybe they're setting the tone maybe they knew what was coming up later with uh, with the Brits uh, but yeah there was a fantastic uh, Roderick Strong knee uh, to Eric Young on the top rope which just was really ouch and then the flying knee into a suplex and backbreaker just yeah. oh my god uh, I don't know how they were walking after that yeah really really solid stuff I thought it was a good good opener um, and I'm interested to see a bit more of these guys I don't watch NXT week to week but I I do catch the the, uh, the takeovers and they never fail to disappoint and this was absolute case in point uh, should we move on to the um, on to the women's match this was a three way um, a triple threat match between uh, Oscar the uh, the champ uh, who's been champ for uh, over well over a year uh, Nikki Cross from Sanity, the wee Scottish lass, and Ruby Riot, who's like a more tattooed page um, and 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 pretty green. I've seen Oscar's matches before, and she dominates all of them. It was interesting to put her in a three-way like this. Mm-hmm. It didn't do a great deal for me that this match, uh, but had well, quite an interesting I mean, finish. I, it, thought. It, I mean, the, I, I think the match was fine. I mean, looking at this card on paper, this would have been probably my main event had I booked it not knowing what they were going to do in the individual matches um you know Asuka's Asuka's uh portraying this sort of dominant champion I think she's uh, I think her streak is actually longer now than that of Goldberg's streak in the late 90s and has she beaten as many people as Goldberg did in the late 90s this is where we need John to tell us exactly how many people he beat he beat on that (laughs) streak it was well into the four figures there was this shot of um, Ember Moon watching the match from the nosebleed seat. So I don't know if you if you caught that. I you caught think that. that you think that um, you know NXT or WWE would have given her slightly better seats than that. Maybe she uh, was because um, she, she this was going to be a fatal four way, but she had to uh, had to take her leave because of her injured shoulder. So maybe uh, it was too much of a, a risk for her being in the in the front row there. In case like that's, that's something she gets like tossed into. Yeah, like somebody gets tossed into her. Exactly. There were there were a couple of people at ringside that they cut to. Uh, Sami Zayn was there. Was Kevin mm. Owens there? Kevin well? Owens was there. Yep. Um, some random American footballer I've never heard of as well. And Pat Patson. Oh yeah. So they and all Pat, got rings, yeah. they all got ringside seats. So preferential treatment, I think. Oh, it's disgraceful. Yeah. Disgraceful. I, I think that guy might have been a baseball player. He looked big and pumped. He flexed those arms. Uh, so maybe he'll be the new Gronk, <laughs> no matter what sport he plays. Um, anywho, so yeah, that, that match for me didn't, didn't do a great deal, but it was perfectly serviceable. Um, shall we move on to uh, the championship match, which was not the main event? Uh, Hideo Itami versus Bobby Roode. Uh, Itami has been uh, injured for pretty much two years um, and was, you know, the, the storyline going into this is that this is Bobby Roode's NXT. Um, Itami, when he came in, this was like the upstart indie promotion, and he's sort of a. Uh, a, a man out of his time now and he's certainly been you know superseded by Nakamura who's a more flamboyant performer but Japanese and and you know very hard-hitting guy as well um I like Bobby Roode I think he's a more interesting version of Randy Orton to be honest um I like the backstage show, you know, in the in the promo package beforehand where they show him sipping champagne and he travels <laughs> in the limo and he's got the suit. It's good. He takes elements of Ric Flair as yeah. well. Of course, the glorious intro is fantastic. But I thought the booking in this match was, was slightly peculiar in that it was, it was Rude who was kind of fighting from underneath who had the yeah, injury. He, he doesn't like, do any he dirty like tactics. He like baby face, yeah. yeah. It was a bit strange. 
didn't really do anything underhand, didn't cheat to win, had had one arm by the end of but the I match. I mean, maybe this is that because, I mean, you see this all the time with, with heels who get really, really over with the crowd. You know, they're eventually going to turn face. And maybe this is just building to a Bobby Roode uh, face turn. You never know. Maybe, maybe there'll be a double turn some later down the line. So, I mean, I kind of got that feeling from the way this match was booked as well. Maybe. And nice to see that Atami's stolen CM Punk's finishing move. And that's an in-joke, by the way. Yeah. I know, yeah. I know, I know. Uh, but, but yeah, they, nice and they, to... were in, they were in Chicago as well. Exactly. So there, was a lot of, um, there was a lot of teasing that he was going to hit the, the GTS. So. Yeah, I think he, he managed to do one, didn't he? And then yep. the, uh, and didn't quite manage the second because he had such a sore leg or yeah, something. Yeah, his knee was... His knee, his uh, knee. Went, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's got a horrible-looking scar from his uh, various shoulder injuries. And, you know, it's nice, nice to see anyone back after being on the shelf for so long. But uh, in reality, I do feel like things might have passed him by. He didn't seem like a legitimate number one contender, and I don't think he performed in that set. I don't th- he didn't feel like a real threat at all, sort of in-ring-wise. Storyline-wise, yes, they, they did a good job of selling that. But they did a good job of putting him over in the... Um in the video package at the beginning of the match, I have to say, almost like the first part of it almost seemed like a mini WWE 24 documentary. But yeah, they felt they failed to make him out to be the sort of true babyface in the match. Okay, let's move on to our main event. Authors of Pain versus DIY mm. in a hellacious ladder match. And mm. uh, a main event because, well, the finish necessitated that it went on last. I thought going into it, it's... Uh, it's going on last because Paul Ellering is a Chicago guy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I don't think anyone cares that much about him, to, <laughs> to be honest. But this was uh, a really, really good match. And um, I saw the, I don't know if you caught the triple threat match with uh, the Revival and, mm. and these two. And I think that was the, the WrestleMania. Yeah, that was the weekend. previous takeover, yeah. Yeah, the previous, uh, the previous takeover. And that was absolutely epic. And these guys, um, Authors of Pain, um, Occam what they called Akam and Rezar, which is yeah. a play on Occam's Razor, which is um, which I I've looked up on Wikipedia and I still can't sort of work out what it means. Maybe maybe you've written it down. Uh, no, I've, I've read this somewhere and completely forgotten. So that's good. That's very informative <laughs> from both of us. But um, you know these are these are young guys, but they are absolutely huge. I think uh, they were two hundred. They came in at six hundred pounds, and the others came in at like two fifty, two hundred. They are big, and they took some serious bumps in this. And you did thought that they were just going to be sort of dishing it out in this, but you know they they um, against the more technical guys uh, who'd be taking the ridiculous spots. But no, that double spot mm. on the outside. Where they're lying down, and then Champa and Johnny Wrestling Gargano, um, they they dive off from other sides of a really big ladder uh, onto those guys. Ouch! I, d- I don't know how they didn't kill themselves. I mean, because they both overshot slightly. From- the crowd were chanting, "Please don't die!" as they were <laughs> going up ladders, which was quite funny. Um, but yeah, no, it, it was strange because I mean, even at the beginning of the match, um, DIY um, cleared the ring really early, which is which you don't usually get when when uh, you're you're having a match with you know sort of two small guys against two guys who are built as sort of these monster heels. So yeah, that was that was that was that was unusual. Yeah, and there was also a, a ladder to the face for Gugano. Um, took it full on the chin, mm. and you know, actually, when you saw those 
uh, from that double spot we just talked about, you did see that the those ladders certainly were were wooden. You know, they were like made of balsa wood. Oh, I, I just assumed there was one wooden ladder like that, the the gimmick ladder, so to speak. That okay. That I don't know. Who well, knows? you know, maybe maybe all of them were wooden. But those two certainly that that splintered were not made of metal. Um, but still, taking anything by these. Big fuckers. Yeah, I thought, <laughs> I, honestly, I, I thought I thought that that Gargano's head was going to come clean off. That was a, that was a scary spot. I got I got kicked in the face by my youngest son last week, and I felt my jaw sort of go sideways. And I was holding it incredibly tender afterwards, um, and couldn't couldn't chew an apple for a whole day. So. You know, the thought of taking that ladder in the face just really makes me feel incredibly squeamish. Ben Green versus his son, book it. Book it now. Book well, it now. they've done Shane versus versus Vince. Garbage can, no. Well, no, made of aluminium, yeah. but <laughs> maybe. I, I'm not a billionaire yet, so what? What are the stakes? Well, in this? Anyway. Living, living room brawl. That's what I. Yes, that's, what, that's how I do it. I do actually do a lot of moves on Louis. He loves it. He loves it. I, I, I do a torture rack on him. For and, anyone listening... And he's a, he's a good seller. For anyone well. listening, please don't try this at home. <laughs> yeah. Tuck your chin and always do it on a mattress. Those are my two, my two key rules with res- wrestling with children. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anywho, um, so this finish with um, the, the power bombs and the super collider, which I think is a great finisher. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, really cool. They've got the belts and they're booze all around and then there's five minutes to go and you're thinking, well, what's, what's going to happen? You know, they, they, they flick, flicker the little WWE yeah. Titan sports, I assumed, whatever. I assumed that that DIY would be going to the main room. Like when I saw five minutes left, I thought, okay, this is going to be like the long goodbye, the thank you. Thank you, Johnny. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, Johnny, all that kind of stuff. And that they'd be heading off to SmackDown or something. But, but then, but then Champa, he turns on his best bud, um, and a really vicious turn mm. as well. I mean, second only, I would say, and we've, we've seen countless, uh, tag teams split up. I haven't seen an attack this vicious, since the uh, the barbershop window, this was brutal. There were some really, really tough knees from from Chumpa. and then uh, you know what, what was it? It's kind of like Seamus's white noise um, mm. from the top of the announce table onto another table below. There was a real beatdown after a very physical match as well, and I thought that Champa's acting was was very oh, good. It was absolutely, it was a perfectly executed heel turn, and and I like the subtleties as well because you get that moment. Um, I think it's just after the sort of uh, the the white noise spot off the off the table that um, Champ is kind of resting with Gargano's sort of head in his arms and he looks really conflicted for a moment. I thought that was just a, like just a brilliant sort of like face work, also, face facial work. And I also thought what added to it was because they were doing these spots by the announce table, there was no commentary mm. for it. You know, it, it stopped at a particular point, uh, so there wasn't. Uh, Michael Cole saying, oh my god you know and we'll be back next you know what's he doing it was it was left more to the imagination it was good and there was some more impactful didn't it yeah and there was some there was some good you know he's become the hottest heel in NXT now it was very very exciting so I mean I would give this pay-per-view overall 9 out of 10 um, I think that you know that I, I wasn't massively uh, impressed with with the women's match for example and Tommy and Rude but sort of that storyline with the the end of the tag match and Tyler and Pete Dunne elevate that slightly and I would I would show this to anyone who who wants to who who wonders what wrestling is about these days it was it was magnificent absolutely I mean I I did want I mean this is yet another solid takeover and 
I think apart from WrestleMania, maybe SummerSlam, maybe they should stop putting takeovers on the same weekend as main roster pay-per-views because they seem to keep on outshining them, don't they? They invariably do. I think the main reason they put them on at the same time is financial. And sure. they've booked the arena, they've got all the production teams, everything like that. But yeah, I, I feel the main roster just must look at that and think, oh, how do we follow that, right? How do you yeah. follow that? And they yeah. don't. And I, and I also think that Triple H, you know, who who will be taking the keys to to the kingdom at some point, and, and William Regal should uh, mm. must be mm. uh, must be emphasised his role within that, and the the talent spotting in particular. They are really, really sort of creating a legacy for themselves, and will you hope uh, transition all of that to the the main roster and the main WWE show because when we talk about backwash and slapdash um this was your sort of typical ho-hum non-major uh WWE pay-per-view yeah it's the sort of it's the pay-per-view from the sort of lull period post WrestleMania and it's not you know it's not quite um money in the bank yet which which is when things i suppose start build, building up towards SummerSlam it's just on the way, isn't it? It was built around Nakamura, um, and I was very surprised to see him opening the show. Yeah, that was really that was really really odd. You put your face on uh, the face of of your marketing on first, but there you go. Yeah, now of course I, they, they did that with um, Styles and Cena. I can't remember what the event was, but it was it was because they were going head to head with the presidential debate. So yeah. they put their main event first mm. uh, in the knowledge that you know people would watch this because it hasn't started, and that was a great decision and it was really exciting and they could say well, this is Smackdown we do things a little differently here um, this I'm, I don't think I don't think worked I mean, I, I'm, so well, well I mean I could, I could I could understand the logic of putting it on first because you do want to get um, you do want to open up with something that will get the crowd hot and um, you know there's, there's a lot of anticipation for Nakamura making his his main monster debut um, just his entrance gets really gets the people going so now, I, I, I completely agree with you, and I think that, you know, putting him on first was, was a sensible idea. I just don't think that he and Ziggler delivered uh, in this match. I don't think... I'm not sure that Ziggler was the right opponent for him in the first place, but I, I've, I was less impressed with uh, Nakamura in this match than I've seen him in any of his NXT stuff, particularly uh, it was his debut, wasn't it, when, when he went up against Sami, Sami Zayn. Zayn yeah. uh, you know, that was... That was a match that I would have liked to have seen again. Well, uh, you know, Ziggler's like the yard, the measuring stick, yeah, isn't he? He's and this is the WWE style. Absolutely. But he's not a strong character. He loses all the time. So you knew he was going to lose. Um, his hair really upsets me now. His hair is much too long and disgusting. Um, but um, but I, 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 I just want to say Ziggler as well. He, I mean... Ziggler did wrestle a different style to to what he usually does. He was a lot slower pace, and I guess he was trying to play up the like to the uh, the sort of heel thing by sort of slowing the match down every time Nakamura tries to get some offense in and and sort of and uh, build up to a faster pace. Um, so I don't know, maybe that was part of the reason why you weren't really into it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see much more from him, of course. I just wonder. I think he's probably going to be best positioned in the Intercontinental uh, Championship sort of uh, feud for that. I, I I can't see him, on the strength of this one performance and the knowledge of what Vince well, likes in his superstars, i.e. Jinder Mahal, Nakamura being right at the top of the card. I just I just can't see it. Um, not on not on the main roster, unfortunately, at least not for now. But, no. Um, you never know. He won't be going for the Intercontinental title, though, because that's on Raw. 
I'm just I'm saying long term, John Ross. You know, okay. no, anything can happen in the WWE. Absolutely. Yeah. As they like to remind us constantly. Oh, oh let, let, let me tell you one one last mm. thing about Dolph Ziggler. Uh, when WWE were in town a couple of weeks ago, um, I was uh, in my local park and uh, I saw a couple of kids with, uh, they must have been between 8 and 12 years old playing football. Uh, one kid, the, the youngest, was wearing an AJ Styles t-shirt. We nodded at each other approvingly. You didn't, you didn't give him the too sweet? You didn't too sweet him? I didn't too sweet him. I thought that was, I, I'm not sure that he knew you know, too much about his, his Japan career. <laughs> but I saw... I saw uh, a kid in a Dolph Ziggler t-shirt. And I've never seen anyone wear a Dolph Ziggler t-shirt, and I certainly haven't seen um, I don't any know, young people. It was wear. pretty. It was popular a few years ago when he had that big money in the bank push, and wasn't he? I don't know. I thought kids liked him. I don't know. I, uh, Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> you're, hang- you're hanging around the smarky crowds too much. I think that's what it is. I suppose I. Yeah. I've got to get it. I've got to get out more. Anyway, on 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 that note, let's take uh, let's take a quick break, shift some merch, uh, and we'll be right back looking at the Usos versus Brizango. Woohoo! Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Uh, we're back. A SmackDown championship match. The Usos, the champs versus Brizango, the chumps who have been elevated to a championship contention. And, you know, good for them for making uh, the, the worst gimmick <laughs> or, 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 you know, they're making the best of, of what they've been given. The, the fashion police looks like it's... Uh, Honestly, they've been the most entertaining thing on SmackDown in, in recent weeks. Um, but, that, but I think that's, that's the issue, though. Like, can you... When you take a comedy team like that, can... Can you really take them seriously as contenders for for the title? That's I, I, and I think that's going to be to their detriment. I mean, I can't take uh, Tyler Breeze's trousers, <laughs> those flares, seriously at all. Um, Fandango, on the other hand, like he's a proper indie uh, indie guy who's who's got a long career behind him, and he's been stuck with this Fandango shit for <laughs> for years and years. And fair enough, it probably worked when he was up against. Chris Jericho and I that but that is a long time ago and he's been stuck in uh in the jobber zone for so long and as we'll talk about shortly you know maybe good things will come from that because it, it doesn't seem to be this dead end and he's Slater and spoiler alert Jinder Mahal are proof of that but he is so much better than this and it was nice to see him get a match uh where he got the opportunity to do some stuff and not just mm. be a punching bag. Yeah, he abs- he hit a, a really, really nice. Um, I think it was like a sort of was it a senton dive? Yeah, out for, to the outside. 
yeah, it was like, yeah, it was fantastic. To be, I mean, to be honest, I think Breeze as well. Like, you know, they're both they're both good workers, and um, yeah, it's just a shame that they've been that they've been the comedy jobbers for for so long. So, and the, the whole thing with the mop and the grandma thing. The mop and, was over though. Oh, uh, and and. Um, What's his face? JBL on commentary talking about Mae Young and who is the is the grandma? I, it, I, um, I hate I hated yeah. this. There was that bit where um, <laughs> um, where uh, Tyler Breeze, where he's dressed as the the grandma, he throws off the the dress into. I thought, or maybe I think the Usos take the one of the Usos, the Usos they, isn't it? Yeah, they throw it into the crowd and it sort of um, hits JBL in the face. They show replays of that. JBL says something like, um, the last time that happened, I had to pay for it. Yeah, I thought that was, uh, <laughs> that was, that was very kid-friendly, that line. <laughs> anyway, I think we devoted more than enough time to that match. Uh, you know, the wrestling was good. I don't like comedy stuff in, in my wrestling. It makes me feel really embarrassed to be watching stuff. But anywho, different strokes for different folks. And they did do, I should say, they, they did a number of cutaways in this, uh, this three-hour event. Uh, and there were a lot of kids in the arena, and that's why they do this this comedy stuff, and not you know the hard hitting stuff that we saw the night yeah. before with Authors of Pain. But you know what? Say what that- you want about the the comedy stuff. I will take Brizango over um, the Golden Truth any day. So I'm not. But they've broken up. Now. They have broken up now. Yeah. Maybe there's well, only there's only the- room for one. Well, actually, no. There's the, I suppose Slater and. Heath Slater and uh, Rhino would count as a comedy team, wouldn't they? There's only room for two comedy tag teams in the WWE. Okay. Let's get back to singles action. Sami Zayn versus Baron Bald. Um, he really needs to shave his hair and lose the t-shirt. I kind of like it. I, I, I think it just it just adds to the whole heel thing for me. Like, yeah, you can't have a heel who's like too sort of like dapper or anything. Okay. It's fine. He's got great tattoos. Yeah, he's got great uh, tattoos. So everyone who's heard this before knows I love a tattoo. Um, Sami Zayn, bestseller on the roster, no doubt. Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'd put AJ up there with him, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, Sami Zayn, Devin, in general, does a lot more selling. He takes a he takes a lot more of a beating in his matches, um, and he's selling a a lower back injury in this match. I have nothing else to say about it. It was this was sort of the this was a pretty nothing match. I I, I feel that Sami Zayn has uh, an upper limit of of what he can do. I was, I was uh, one review of them described him as Tito Santana for this generation, and that's probably about it. And he's he's better than that. Well, I feel he? I always felt he like he could be an intercontinental champ. I always felt like there's a lot of potential for Sami Zayn, you know, with this whole sort of underdog thing, and you kind of want to see him eventually get his moment later down the line, preferably in a sort of big sort of WrestleMania main event against Kevin Owens or something. Um, but I think the problem at the moment is he's kind of stuck in limbo because all his feuds are pretty much the same it's just him against a big guy and it's he's sort of picking a fight because he's trying to prove something or he's plucky yeah he's that he's the plucky underdog which is fine but i think if you're going to build to like being something legitimate you need to sort of take gradual steps towards that and he's moving a bit too slow for my liking that said um sammy zane did get the win in this particular match and i think that was very much needed just to keep his sort of momentum from completely sort of because they're, they're big fans of baron corbin mm. uh, wwe and mm. there was some talk that he uh, he might have been in the wrestlemania main event uh, this uh, this mania just gone by but sadly not no i i just want to see him as i've said every episode just to shave his hair and repackage ever so slightly get on a motorbike as well you're basically just turning him into sort of like the undertaker circa like american badass times right it's a good look oh. it's a good look <laughs> uh the women's match 
Question for you, why is Charlotte Flair taking part in this? Question for you, why are we having a three-on-three women's match instead of a match for the women's title? I don't know. I don't like this match. I don't know. I don't understand why they're doing it. I mean, it's. I suppose it's just to establish what they call the welcoming committee as a as a stable, and yep. which I suppose is why they gave them the win as well to show that it's not just a one time thing. But yeah, just yep. I don't really have much to say about this match to be honest. And why is James Ellsworth still here? This match raises a lot of questions. Absolutely. Uh, and speaking of raising, Becky's hair. Was, she looked she looked like a seahorse she looked absolutely ridiculous uh and her disarmor move i think looks is is one of the the most stupid looking moves there uh where, where she has the the opponent's arm protruding from her crotch area i mean it, it could i mean it could you could i think you could make a move like that look look if not good then at least decent like maybe have her hooking the arm underneath her own sort of armpit or something rather than just sort of like holding it by the wrist it less phallic like. i think that's, <laughs> that's that's what we should that's what uh, she needs to go for anyway um moving along we we have three more matches kevin owen versus aj styles uh this was a good one mm. i i enjoyed this and uh you know these these two guys have held the top two titles in the company um in recent months, and now they're feuding over a um, a lesser title, the the US title. Um, but I think that they helped to elevate that title to the status that that it was when John Cena held it a couple of years ago. Um, this was a this was a really really good match. Fantastic, and and AJ's selling was absolutely fantastic. It was it was consistent. He was um, there's a bit where he. He tries to go for the phenomenal forearm, but his leg kind of gives way. And I, I just like how he kept it up like all through the match, which, to be honest, throughout this pay-per-view, we've had, uh, we've had quite a bit of the whole sort of working a body part or, or selling an injury sort of thing. And uh, nobody on this particular night did it any, like, did it any as well as, as AJ. He has, um, or he delivered one of the best drop kicks I've ever seen really near the start of the match. And... You know, the more I see of him in WWE, I think he he has the best move set since Bret Hart, and he's just like a he's like a faster and more physical version of, of Bret, and a bit more of a flyer. He's like the best of Bret Hart and the best of Shawn Michaels all rolled into one, and he is really really stiff. He lays it in there, and and Kevin Owens likes that sort of thing. You know, there's a lot of stiff chops and punches. AJ goes absolutely flying when when Owens whips him into the steps as well. There's a yeah, a lot of scary stuff. Um, the the also the uh, Owens is is has got AJ up for sort of Samoan drop from the from the top rope and AJ reverses it into a power bomb. That made me make a noise as well. <laughs> I'd like to hear that noise. It's like, <sighs> oh, okay, yeah. it's an intake. It's very British noise, yeah. isn't it? What, what sort of noise did you make when they teased the Styles Clash from off the apron? Did you think that was going to happen? I, I didn't know. I just, I just, uh, yeah, I did, it, it seemed exactly like that with a tease. And what with um, with uh, Styles trying to sell this sort of leg injury as well, I, I, I thought no. And the table spot finish? Never seen this before. I've never seen this before. A no. leg getting stuck in uh, the hole where the monitor should be or something and tangled in the wires. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I liked that a lot. I liked that a lot. And, um, I mean, the, the only thing I wasn't, I wasn't so keen on was that he kind of lets uh, Owens go and then kind of sort of puts his foot in the, in the hole. But, I mean, it's, it's a difficult thing to do. And, you know, kudos to them for, for coming up with that idea. Owens, um, 
Owens doing the proper heel thing as well and sort of getting in the ring and taking the count out victory. Yeah, it was good. good do, you stuff. Th- do you think there was someone under the table who made sure that the, the wires were hooked over AJ's knee? <laughs> do you think he is so good? The he, monkeys, the monkeys can, under the table. He can do that anyway. Yeah, well, <laughs> there are lots of odd things under WWE tables and, and rings, as we know. So maybe there were some monkeys. Anyway, this was, uh, I think that was the, the best match of the night by, by some distance. Um, because following it, was um, Kevin Harper and Eric Rowan. Kevin Harper? Have I called him Kevin Harper called again? Ke- uh, did you call I've, I've, I've called him Kevin Harper before, who was uh, a Reading uh, striker from oh, right. their last time in the Premier League. They might have put on a more interesting match, well, Kevin yeah. Harper and, so, and Eric Rowan. Well, there you go, or, or at least that could be repackaging, because these two guys, um, Luke Harper and Eric Luke Rowan, Harper, came out to crickets and new, new music, um, and bad music. Well, not cricket's pretty much their old music. <laughs> that's, um, that's right. But these two guys are still doing the Wyatt family thing, which seems to have died a death. And they just need to they need to do something new. For if you're going to split up the Wyatt family, stop doing the Wyatt family thing. And also, this is just this is a rematch from a few weeks ago on SmackDown, which nobody cared about then. So why did why you know why should anybody care about it now? So how would you, uh, how could you see either of these being new characters? What what would you do? I, don't, I mean, I don't know about I don't know about Rowan. I know he's doing this thing now with the mask, and I think it's I think they're doing something a bit like the Undertaker's urn. It gives him power or psychs him up or something, which led to his um, which led to his downfall at the end. Harper, I don't know. I mean, don't, Harper's new look. It looks like right. He looks like he was like this sort of like slob character, and now he's got himself a girlfriend. He's slimmed and, down and a bit. He's slimmed as well, down a bit. Hasn't he's got he? a girlfriend. He's got slip. So and she's making him slick back his hair. Got him a got him a, a nice new tank top and stuff like that. Um, so he's definitely shifting, moving away from his old character. I just don't. I just don't know what his new character is. Probably two years ago now, isn't it? Where he had a very short intercontinental title run, and he was. He was briefly part of the authority. Um, you know, they split the White family up again and they, he was kind of in Team Triple H for that Survivor Series thing where uh, Sting was around as well. And I thought, you know, they're going to clean him up. They're going to put him in a suit. They're going to do something like that. And I think that would be quite interesting. Or, you know, shave off his beard but have a massive moustache. And like Tyler Bate used to be. Or put him, you know, Jack Gallagher style He's He's a big man. But he can move. He's got he's got good charisma. I haven't heard him talk very much, but when you consider that he was very very close to being in the de facto WrestleMania main event, that's the Randy versus Bray Wyatt. You know, because of the various machinations with the Wyatt family, to see where he's gone after that. You know, he didn't he didn't make the WrestleMania card for one thing, um, and then he's stuck in this no man's land with Eric Rowan, who. I think of of all the people to have come back from injury, compare with with Finn Balor, went out for with an injured shoulder for a couple of months, got the WWE twenty four thing, another big push. Rowan is not at that level, but he's and he's never going to be. But there was just I don't think anyone missed him when he was gone. I don't think anyone's pleased to see him back. So well, he, this is the thing: he gets injured every five minutes, so it's, you don't really get a chance to miss him, to be honest. But um, in any case, yeah, I it's it's a shame about what they've done with Luke Harper because I was I was enjoying his push earlier on in the year that match, um, the number one contenders match where where he he beat 
AJ Styles. They WWE won't won't recognize it, but um, AJ's foot hit, did touch the floor first. And yeah, it's just they've just completely sort of halted his push, and now he's wrestling in in Rowan in a feud that isn't going anywhere and was never going away, anywhere in the first place. Well, we just brought up Randy Orton uh, a moment ago, and on to the main event here. He's up. He's up in a title match against Jinder Mahal, the Maharaja. Who would have thought it? A few three months ago, who who would have thought that we our our title match would be Randy Orton versus Jinder Mahal? What did you think of this match? It wasn't good wrestling, but it had a lot of good moments. I'll I'll, I'll give it that. There was a lot of the sort of old school sort of. Uh, you have the Singh brothers that. Uh, at ringside J&J like getting, security yeah but yeah <laughs> basically J&J security sort of Asian division um, getting involved at every opportunity and um, you know it was yeah it was it was it was fine they, one of the the Singh brothers the one who had his shirt sort of buttoned down like, like unbuttoned right to his belly button um, he took a really oh, it was nasty, like full on his head on the on the announce table like even Randy's face was like <laughs> I didn't mean to do that you know no, there were there were a lot of headlocks, and as per Randy Orton, yep. and, and a lot of you know the test of strength. It, it, it was a very old school match. Um, I'm not sure the crowd were too into it. I'm not sure the crowd were too into it when when Jinder won and has become WWE champion and not Intercontinental champion, not European champion, not even Universal champion, but the big belt. He is. He is the guy. Yeah, and you know what? I, I I have absolutely no problems with being Jinder, with Jinder being the guy, except for the fact that they they could have at least given him a few more wins under his belt before you know giving him this like before giving him this you know monster push. Oh, this is going to be like a Sergeant Slaughter style uh, reign, you know? Where yeah, I was to... I was going to say JBL, but yeah, there you go. JBL, yeah, yeah. God, I forgot them forgot about that that was those were dark times. Well, lucky you forgot that yeah so yeah maybe yeah. seen is going to beat him uh to win title number 17 <laughs> <laughs> i i wouldn't put it past or, or well we've got rusev coming back next week i wouldn't mind seeing uh rusev versus jinder for for the title oh that would be interesting yeah. okay and that takes us on some some new paths i just think uh you know randy doesn't need the title he hasn't needed the title for at least five years um, and this 13th title run was by far the least remarkable of of his career. And Jinder's up there. Jinder's got it now. But I don't think WWE's own promo team, when they were promoing uh, Extreme Rules, which has got Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, uh, Finn Balor, Samoa Joe and Bray Wyatt up against each other in the five-man the five man match for the right to to go up against uh brock lesnar when you compare that as a main event and the stakes involved to this oh it, it was it was poor it was very poor i i'm i'm interested to see where they go with it i mean it it's a new direction um smackdown likes to brand themselves as the land of opportunity um i mean yeah i i i'm i'm, I'm fine with it i think and how nice to see a canadian with the top belt well yeah he's been um he's marketed is that the right word he's being sort of presented as the first ever indian uh wwe champion i think all three of them are Canadian. the Singh brothers are canadian as well aren't they i believe so yeah, yeah. 
Anyway, this has been Parts Unknown. If you want to get in touch, I'm at Green Ben Green on the Twitter. John Ross, how do they get in touch with you? Uh, and you can find me at John Ross underscore Swaby. That's John Ross without an H and Swaby S W A B Y. It's all so confusing. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Until then, I haven't got a catchphrase. Bye. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.